Hello, Yannick. Welcome. How are you? How are you doing? Yeah, good. How are you? Yeah, doing pretty good. <clears throat> yeah, I thought today I'd talk, um, yeah, just about strategies and uh, posting great content. Yeah, was that uh, were you talking about? Uh, what were you talking about in the last room? You're talking about um, YouTube. Ah, okay. And uh, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Basically, just talking about you know uh, strategies, uh, SEO. Um, you know, we we're talking before about just growing your channel organically, basically on YouTube, and that's what you want. And you want to be thankful for the subscribers and viewers at, at the same time. Yeah, totally. I saw so, your uh, message on uh, Instagram. Yes, it, that's correct. What 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 can you uh, say about that? Yeah, what kind of budget do you have? Very small, under three hundred dollars. At least three hundred, because that's how much GoDaddy costs per year. Three hundred per year on my plan. Okay. Yeah, I'm uh, thinking a bit about the the hosting and the maintenance you need to do. Yeah. Because the website. Because I, I I'm looking at getting it done coded so it runs better. Yeah. It, um if you if you made a, uh, if you get a code at websites, then often it, it uh, responds better on mobile. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it, it's overall it just works better. Uh, what advice do you have for me uh, being a startup in the beginning with my GoDaddy website? Uh, yeah, you're um, you're planning to to get all your income from. Uh, through your website. Yeah, in the future. Yeah, I would. Uh, if you're serious about it, I would just. Uh, uh, I would just invest in a good website. That's what it is. I'm just uh, trying to find a web developer, like yourself. Yeah, I, can, uh, I would like to help you. Um, yeah. But what what would you like to do with your site? Uh, is it going to be an e-commerce site? Just a, a, a basic site, you know, with my bio, kind of what you saw already. Like, the, uh, put all my uh, SoundCloud on it. Um, try to get students to book because I ha I haven't had anyone book for any lessons in one year. So I'm thinking, if no one's interested in music lessons, maybe don't offer those services anymore. Yeah, it's. Um, do you have analytics on your site? Yes, very, very basic with GoDaddy. Are you getting any visitors? Yeah, I've had 53 visitors, I think, this month. It's it's very low. And how many visitors did you get uh, last year? Probably 186. Yeah, I don't think that uh, the problem is that, uh, that people aren't looking for uh, music lessons, I think your website just doesn't get a visitor. Ah. Yeah, because um, on average, it's about 
10% of all your, uh, your visitors that uh, that can generate generate a lead. Yeah. When uh, when that... you have an established business, so you need, um, for example, uh, another business that I build a website for, uh, they have about uh, three thousand uh, visitors per month. Yeah. And they only get about ten uh, ten fifteen people. That's uh, that. Uh, how do you say that? That actually come to the store. Yeah. To buy something. Gotcha. So it's pretty much a numbers game, by the sounds of it. Yeah, not not only a numbers game. You're uh, you can also optimize your your site for uh, generating leads. So, for example, yep. you can you can um, uh, you can make an email list to get the to to collect emails, or you yep. can uh, you can you can add a for example, a free music sheet on the website. And they need yeah. to fill in, you need to fill in your email address or phone number to get access to that uh, free music exercise, for example. Yeah, because what I did, I put up some free e-books for people to download as well on my website. Yeah, but do they need to need to leave some kind of information behind? Some kind of personal information? Mm. You're breaking up a bit too. Yeah, sorry, the internet is not moving as well today. Oh, good. Now, uh, what was that? I was saying, uh, do, do customers need to fill in their email email when they uh, yeah when they don't want to download the ebook? Ah, uh, no. Oh, yeah, you, you should add that. That's, that's uh, really important. Because otherwise you have no way to contact the, those customers again. So add like an email sign up. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair enough. Hey guys. Can you do that with... Yeah, how are ya? Um, I don't know what you're talking about, but uh, having a landing sheet, landing page is one of the best ideas for yeah. online exchange. Because I do cannabis, and this is Ali, remember Stephen? We met each other uh, yeah. in the music. How are ya? <laughs> I'm glad you started a room. I came to support you. I saw you on the hallway. So I'm going to go to bed, but I just want to be here and support you. Um, Thank you. But uh, um, for us, we created a landing page. Did I put it on this? No, I got to change my bio. But it just cannabistalk.info, cannatalk.info. And people just go and they put their name, email, and a couple of... Uh, their social media accounts on if they wish that way you can reach them in the future if shit goes haywire because you know accounts get locked up all yep uh, i've got a question do you have ssl security for your website i don't deal with any of that i don't know enough about the technology but uh no i don't think on my landing page i don't think i do but i do think on the on the uh company website I, I believe does have SSL but I don't quote how did you build your website does your, does your website have a little lock in the, in the top left corner for the URL I don't know you can go and check canatalk.info but it's not my department can you put, can you put it in the chat yeah sure 
Yeah, you have it. You have uh, SSO. Yeah, the well, banner did it. With, it's, it's, what did uh, you use to build your website? Huh? What did you use to build your website? I didn't build it. I don't know how to build websites. Someone did it for me. That's why I don't know it on any of your answers. But I'm going to just listen in because I wanted to learn from Steven and uh, support him. So thanks for having the room, Steven. I'm listening. You're welcome. Where I've recorded the podcast too, so you'll be on on my podcast. Sounds great. Yeah, so I was just uh, talking to Yannick, uh, you know, about uh, websites being coded versus GoDaddy. I built mine with just drag and drop, basically, but um, like HTML5 or CSS and JavaScript seem to work better, Yannick. Yeah, that that are only the the, the languages that dis- display. For example, they use PHP, that's a backend language, and with yeah. that, uh, you, your website will uh, be, the pages of your website are being generated when people are visiting. You can also use other frameworks, you can also use front-end frameworks, but I'm not, uh, I haven't worked with those, I generally only use PHP. Yeah, so you found your own language that you like, by the sounds of it, Yannick. Yeah, not that, it's it's not that, that I I like to use it. It's uh, more that there's a lot of uh, ask for it. A lot of people want uh, want a site written in PHP. If they're really yeah. popular, uh, it's really popular to build a website in PHP in the in Netherlands. Yeah, I was doing some research today. Have you heard of uh, Udemy? Udemy, yeah, that's yeah. for the courses, right? Now, you can purchase a, a HTML5 course for about $17, but how far is that going to take you? Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, buy, buy a HTML video course. If you uh, yeah. have, uh, I can't access it yet, uh, but if you want to learn coding, uh, I first have to say it's not easy. <laughs> and mm. Hard work, but if you want to learn it, um, there's a website called freecodecamp.org. Uh, yeah, they uh, they have a free course, uh, and uh, at the end you can uh, you can get a certificate. And there are also companies that sounds of it. Um, are you there? Just you lost you for a bit. Oh, sorry. Um, uh, could yeah, you repeat I'll, what? I'll be back and, in a sec. I'll, I'll try to connect to a different network. Yeah. Okay, so Yannick uh, is connecting to a different network. We're just talking about building websites as well. And uh, yeah, uh, online e commerce seems to be the future. I know with the coronavirus pandemic and all the border closures, it's been hard to get shipping. I know in Sydney, Australia, we've gone into a second lockdown, so that's going to suck for people ordering online because the borders are closed. Are you back, Yannick? Yeah, I'm back. It's just, uh, yeah, talking like, uh, you know, when the borders shut and, and e-commerce, 
uh, and the pandemic has really delayed shipping a lot. Yeah, yeah. For um, uh, you, you mean worldwide shipping, right? Yeah, worldwide. Yeah, if if you're starting, I wouldn't recommend even shipping worldwide. Uh, just uh, just stick to your own country for now. Yeah, because that's the thing. Just shipping, just shipping times are crazy, so it's it's own it's not going to benefit your business if you're going to ship worldwide. No, I mean, you look at uh, uh, Ali, you've heard of uh, AliExpress? Yeah. Now, that's that's what a lot of uh, the Shopify uh, users use, but you're shipping the products from China as well. But they say that they've got free shipping, but they could take like a month just to get to the, get to the doorstep too. Mm-hmm. That's frustrating. I know as a customer... I, I purchased an electric razor from Manscaped at the start of the pandemic. I waited two months, and that was DHL uh, Express shipping, and it took them two months. I was not very happy. Yeah, yeah in, in the Netherlands, the shipping is pretty good. We, <laughs> we still have um, same-day delivery. Same-day delivery? God, you guys are lucky. Yeah. It's luxury. So is that same day delivering delivery from like Amazon Prime or is it any no. any online shopping? Uh, Amazon is still um, when you one day delivery. So when you order today, you get it tomorrow. But yeah. We have a, we have a few web shops that uh, where you can get the product delivered the same day if you order before. Uh, yeah. But you you need to pay two or three dollars extra, not that much. God, if we were to get like priority shipping in Australia, it's like twenty. Some of it's like thirty bucks, depending on what you're buying. Yeah. To get in it here, yeah, in the Netherlands, it, it, it's really rare when people uh, charge for shipping. You serious? Yeah, they they uh-huh. they just they just add it in the in the uh, in the product in the price of the product. Just, oh, okay. They just, they just grab the product and they add uh, ten bucks on top of it for shipping, and that way they can say free shipping, but you're just paying for it. <laughs> it's a marketing strategy. That's what it is. It, yeah, it is. Um, it, uh, there was a test in a study that was done. And one webshop charges five bucks uh, for shipping and ten bucks for the product. And another webshop, uh, webshop, they just charge uh, twenty bucks for the product and free shipping. Yeah. So when you came, when you got the free shipping, it was still you still uh, still costed more. And the people just bought the free shipping more. It was it was crazy. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, um, I know Amazon do that, like, they get, uh, people to sign up, you know, for Amazon Prime, yeah, it's free shipping, but you're paying a membership as well, so it's, it's interesting all these marketing tactics to get people to buy products. Yeah, and, and if you, if you have a, have a membership, um, with Amazon, you're more mm. likely to buy, um, 
your product uh, with Amazon because you already mm. have the membership. Mm. That's why they do the membership thing. You see, like, like uh, Amazon, for instance, what annoys me the most is they start sending these marketing emails to try to get you to buy, or if you cancel your subscription with Prime, oh, please come back. It gets very annoying. It just pisses me off. You can also unsubscribe from the email list. Oh, they still do. Like, I don't know how they, they, get, a, they get people's email, but they... They capture so much uh, data about the customers. It gets weird. Yeah, in in, uh, in the Netherlands, the, the regulations about privacy are pretty uh, pretty strict. So companies, oh. uh, when you say you don't want to be emailed again, companies can can send you an email because otherwise yeah. you will get fined. Interesting. I know it's like that in in Australia. Like uh, I've unsubscribed from emails, yet they still keep sending them to me. I'll tell them to unsubscribe. That uh, you can add that um, if you're using Gmail, right? Uh, Hotmail. Well, my, I've got me uh, business email with Office three six five. That's got you know it's got a filter in it, so it throws it to the junk. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know you I know you can report things with Microsoft too. Yeah, you can you can add an email uh, to your uh, spam and then yeah. you uh, you think they will just immediately immediately send uh, the emails from that email address to your uh, to your junk files. Uh, yeah, I mean it depends, like, this is what annoys me, like, if, if you go and do online shopping, uh, they they make it um, very hard for you not to tick, uh, to opt out of any marketing emails, because it's even the corporations doing it. Well, sending like them? Well... Can you blame them? Yeah. We would do it too if they had, had a big company like that. Just because... Keep sending emails the, to, uh, for people to buy stuff. But the problem is, if you keep sending an email list to someone who's not going to buy, you're kind of wasting your time if they're not clicking on it. No. No? Uh, Why is that? Doing, when you just keep sending mails, um, you're just uh, keep sending out your name. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's pretty risky because people can get um, um, a... You can you can ruin your reputation reputation a bit. That people just keep uh, looking at your name, so your brand is still getting out there. I would I wouldn't overdo it. I wouldn't send five emails per day uh, trying to sell uh, stuff. But once once in uh, once per week or something, it's it's good. When I send my my email list, I send it out once a month. Yeah, what's what's in your email list? Uh, it's like uh, what what I'm doing on YouTube. I, I'll write some like I try to keep it valuable to people to read it and to click. You know what I'm if I've got stuff on Spotify or you know we're podcasting on the green room, so I'll update that too. How many subscribers do you have to your email list? About two hundred. Cause I just started. And how many people uh, read them? Maybe 
three will read them and click it. Yeah. It's just yeah, a numbers you, game. Yeah, no, it's if you just add a, a section on your website where you can collect those those emails. Yeah. You can, do, you can uh, get more people to read them because uh, the leads from email marketing are pretty high. The conversion rate. You can people buy uh, often from email. It's around what was it, ten, fifteen percent. It's really high. That is true. I mean, it's only one percent or something. But there are some companies that just overdo it too. How do you mean overdo it? So basically, they just—I don't know—twice a week they'll send it out, and for—I don't know—in Australia, email email marketing is not very popular here. I think it is. For some people, but for me, like I, I like an email newsletter once a month. I find this more valuable in that. Yeah, but it is marketing. Yeah. You're marketing your business by sending a, a newsletter. But it's something that I've signed up to. Like, if I've purchased a music software, right, Yannick? Mm-hmm. But then I start getting two, three emails a week from a company, it gets annoying. And, I, and if I know what you're doing on your social media, it's like, I don't need to have email marketing if I'm following you. That's just my view. Yeah. yeah how, how do you... Here in the Netherlands, I can just unsubscribe from the, from the newsletter. And I think that's all. I don't yeah. really know what you need to do. Well, if you unsubscribe from newsletter, it's not going to guarantee people are going to stop sending it to you, too. Yeah, here in the Netherlands, uh, before you uh, you can send an e uh, newsletter, you first yeah. uh, need proof that the person you're sending it to agreed to receiving the newsletter. So you can't just ah, okay. send to random people. So you need first need to collect email addresses through your website or... Through me um, personal Hotmail account, I've been getting a lot of um, these scammers. They'll send these emails asking for money. Uh, we got uh, Kudanya. Are you there? Yes, yes. Yes, I'm yeah, very I'll... much here. Yeah, hello. Hello, everybody. Nice hello. to be here. Nice, nice to be here. Uh, where are you from? Yeah. I'm from India, and uh, India, yeah, New Delhi, New Delhi to be exact. So, uh, hello, Stephen. Hello, Yannick. I think I pronounced. I hope I have pronounced the name correctly. And yep. you can call me. You can call me AJ if the Kudanya word uh, sounds a bit difficult. So AJ will be fine. AJ. Yeah, AJ Phil. Feel free to comment. Yeah. We're just talking about uh, marketing and business as well. Okay. Okay. We're just talk, yeah. talking about email lists. And what what do, what's your your thoughts on uh, email lists? Email email are good if you uh, in my my understanding. Uh, it all depends on the type of email list you have got, uh, because. 
if it's about people whom you know then you can communicate to them much more directly or or even through email that is fine but nowadays the thing is that a lot of people not do not prefer too many emails so you got to have a very fine balance uh, between how many you know emails that you are sending to them because if it's about youtube content then and you are only you know, creating content say on a weekly basis then once a week it's still okay but suppose if you are doing more than that then it all depends on the type of people you have got on the youtube uh, on the email list it will all depend on that so i guess it's 50 50 in my opinion yeah uh, keep saying that again yanik you're broken yeah my my internet is it's really crap today but i said that i agreed with uh, hs that yeah not not sending too many emails is is the thing too aj yes yes because yeah not only in india you see india has got a huge number of people uh, that's rising in terms of internet usage and nowadays in so many uh, you know apps and other places you create email you have to create an email but a lot of people now don't prefer that too many emails come in then because then that they, they just block it you know they have that uh, that power with them to block block the emails and even business people so it all depends on uh, i guess in india if you ask me people prefer to share about youtube content uh, uh, intimating them on, on whatsapp they create a whatsapp group and then they ask uh, they send a, a link to your to your youtube channel uh, or or a new new content and that's it so people if they want to watch it they watch it and if they want to be on your list uh, in 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 the whatsapp list they are there or they are free to move out but that way your content moves around very quickly so everybody on that whatsapp you know broadcast list they get it they want to watch it whatever time or they don't want to watch it it's up to them but you know uh, it i guess it's much more quicker than email but but i guess in several other countries email is what uh, you know much more less intrusive but then it all depends on what time they see it and how many actually want to want to get emails so as i said it's a 50 50 it all depends on the type of list that you have got the number of the emails email uh, list that you have got in subscriber base if you are asking me about subscribers uh, subscription based content then there it works better because people have subscribed to your uh, to your list or a newsletter if it if it all there is uh, maybe if it's a case of subsack but Uh, then then they wait for it then they they are obviously they have given you permission for that so you see that's that's as i said uh, uh, to each one it all works differently yeah exactly i was just talking to yanik before about the scam emails going around uh amazon scams netflix scams as well it's and uh it's a very dangerous world out there 
absolutely absolutely i'll tell you what anything that you find you know even if you put the most exclusive content filter onto your email list still so many of them land into your inbox you know and that's the very scary part so there you know when it something is in your inbox you are you put your defenses a bit down but not anymore and forget about uh, forget about the junk mail so whatever it is any email that comes in from a different sort of an id people are very very suspicious or cautious about it and the if they are not then some day you know they might fall into trouble and in fact in india i'll tell you what and i guess it is in other countries uh, unsolicited emails can be you know penalized people may uh, have to give penalties for unsolicited emails so how to balance uh, that how to get permissions beforehand because it can be any individual he can you know just report you or if you are an organization if you are doing a say creating content for an organization and you do mass mailing to people just for you know for ask, asking them to see your content then they can you know go to the authorities or even ask you directly through a court of law for for penalties for unsolicited emails yeah there's a lot of these icloud emails going around saying that your account's been hacked or you know you owe money to netflix as well those are scams absolutely absolutely and they're very clever they know how to copy an actual email from amazon like they're getting so clever aj yes in fact i've got a couple of people i know uh, uh on in in into the cyberspace you know security measures and i've yes. seen some of these things coming in now what is the biggest dangerous thing that is happening is that you can create a phishing email id or a or a website id by the same name except that you have to you know use a different font for a phishing site so how does anybody know about it if suppose if it's a citibank.com and a phishing site or a phishing email that is absolutely same as a email id of citibank.com so suppose if it's citibank.com but uh, and and the phishing mail is also from the citibank.com except that they are using a different font so say bank and a b is different or one word just even one character uh, character they can use a different font and computer takes it as a uh, uh, as something you know as a uh, as something uh, perfect perfectly all right so you you consider it as as genuine and you may just fall for it that is very very scary means i am very conscious about these things but even i don't know how to deal with that i i guess i i hope i'm i'm clear able to explain what i'm trying to do uh, on this particular part no you doing a good good job aj good on you thank you thank you i don't know if you guys are familiar with dns so the next time i get such an email if there is a process i am very new to green room so i'll i'll share it with you people so that you know you also are you know cautious about such things yeah um i 
I actually report uh, emails that are scams to uh, Google scam website, but uh, there's also um, going a DNS attack going around. And what a DNS attack is, um, it, uh, DNS is, for example, the a phone book from your computer. Uh, it stores. So, Yannick, you're breaking up. Could you repeat? I was explaining what a, a DNS attack is. Okay, could you repeat the, what you last said? I could, we couldn't. Oh, sorry about that. Um, a DNS is uh, the phone book, for example, the phone book of your computer. There it stores all the uh, locations from the website on the internet. So when a hacker uh, hack your your DNS, it can say, for example, that the website of Facebook uh, is the website of Twitter. So when when your DNS is hacked from your computer, um, you can you think you're on the right the right website, but you're actually being hacked. It, it, yeah, and there's no real way to. To, to see um, if you're on the right uh, website. How do you know if you've had a DNS attack, Yannick? Uh, that's the difficult part, you don't really know. Because you remember ransomware that, that went around a few years ago, someone would just send out a link and it would just lock the computers. Yeah, the only thing uh, that the, the only thing I can suggest for the people from don't, don't click the link that someone has sent you. If you have a mail from the bank, don't click on the link, but just oh, go God, no. through, through Google to uh, your to the site of your bank. Never, I, never, I ne never. Exactly. I don't get bank statements sent to the email. I get them sent to my letterbox. Mail. Mail. Yeah, because, um, sometimes uh, there are, you get mails that are that have a bit smiling. Yeah. You press the button, right? Uh, there's a button, and when you click on a button, you open a website. But the location where the button takes you, that can be modified. So, for example, if you have a scam mail from Facebook, and they have a button, a button in the mail view profile, that button can lead to any link they want. Wow. It, you, 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 uh, you will learn it as you uh, learn uh, HTML. It's called an HRF link. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's bad. That's, that's just, yeah. And we got, uh, Helly? Hello? Hi, I'm from Finland and I'm actually, uh, just came to listen to your tips because I'm, awesome. I'm working with YouTubers. In, yeah, I'm working in an organization, or not working, but we have an organization called YouTubers in Finland. And, uh, uh, uh YouTubers in Finland every now. Yeah, I'm, uh, we're doing a podcast. We're just talking about uh, keeping safe online. Uh, you got any tips? 
since yeah. I just Stephen arrived. Mac yeah. Just arrived, so yeah, I, AJ. I have to catch a bit what you have been talking. Yeah, yeah what were yeah, you going to say, fact, AJ? Yeah, yeah. Actually, I just, uh, that time when you were talking about ransomware, uh, I would like to add to that, like ransomware earlier it was uh, that people might get into your computers and ask for some rams ransom, but I guess now the whole world is changing and they are taking away, uh, uh, taking, you know, uh, over utilities and it happened in India one and a half years back. And a lot of you know international hackers so the government was of did not speak about it but then it came out but i'll talk about germany also last december what happened in germany was that uh, a, lay, a woman she died because hackers ransomware took over a hospital in germany okay and, and the problem was that uh, when the lady she was unwell when they called a particular hospital and since it was taken over by ransomware, they directed her to go to a hospital 35 kilometers away. And in that process, she obviously she was suffering uh, from a difficult disease illness. So, but what led uh, what led led this particular incident led to her death in some way or the other? And you know this was considered to be as the first death because of ransomware. So as we move towards this, you know, more more use of artificial intelligence and, you, you know, machine learning, I guess machines are learning too much about us. And that is very difficult, uh, difficult, going to be difficult in the coming days, because a lot of people nowadays believe that, you know, hacking and 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 getting money out of people is perhaps a better job than actually sweating out for it and especially in, in in places where there is a lack of employment opportunities and where there are other issues so we got to look at the developing world differently the underdeveloped world differently and some societies who are you know financially they are well off but as a, that's the whole. That's the only point I wanted to make because ransomware is a big issue everywhere. I guess it still is. Like uh, someone could just send you a link, and then you click it, and boom, just locked your computer. Yeah. You know, I mean, the uh, hackers are just getting so clever and clever every year. Like they just don't stop. Yes. To understand the technology that they that they're using. Well, to to hack a computer, it's not an easy thing, Yannick. Yeah. There are even YouTube tutorials that explain you exactly how you how you can hack a computer. I actually for a company that I I work with they. Smartphone repair shop. Yeah. And uh, we made a we made a YouTube series where we explain to our customers how easy it is for a hacker to hack your your, your computer, your smartphone to collect your uh, your personal data. It's 
very easy. It would be easy, but uh, we, needed, we needed a month yeah. of learning to understand how it worked. A month. But see, Apple tend to make it very hard for for their hardware, their security to be hacked. Yeah, but it's, it's still possible. What's that? It's still possible. The iPhones are really secure, but the MacBooks uh, can still be hacked. They can, but they they. Uh, they they advise you to keep your software updated, right? But the only problem is it it takes up so much room and storage, and then it just starts draining your battery. It it can do the reverse to your computer, or even iPhone if you're on an older model, and that's frustrating. Yeah, but that's 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 Apple. They uh, they don't like to support. That older, the older phone. Mm. It costs. It costs a lot to um, make uh, to to do maintenance to keep uh, to make the stuff work on the older phone. Well, exactly, uh, Heli. How do you feel about hacking? You got any? Um, well, uh, uh, well, since we have a really rare language in Finland, we are. Uh, m- little bit more safe because hackers are still really poor in talking Finnish and the translation uh, even Google translation doesn't work perfectly so we can still spot oh yeah uh, uh, they target elderly people I'll tell you that they, they, they target elderly people yeah I know but since we don't, we don't have English as a first language so those scammers can't speak Finnish so it makes it a mm. bit more hard to scam up. Interesting, interesting, you know. But that's what it is. It's, uh, I mean, you look at the government, they've got all this uh, personal information about people. Now the government got hacked and uh, all people's private privacy was leaked. That's pretty bad. Yeah, we had a really huge case just a few months ago where a, a psychological center got hacked and all the information of the patients got out even the patient records like information what they had told to psychologists and that was really oh my god and it was leaked see what's the everything was oh, leaked oh no yes see if you have like a cloud backup, I want your input, AJ, Yannick, and Heli. Uh, do you prefer a cl- cloud backup or you know backing up on a hard drive? Well, uh, I would say it all depends on what type of data it is, because then again there has to be a balancing act. Because uh, if you have a system where you can put some data on your hard drive then you are the lucky one because you, you have put some good money for the laptop or, or for any device. But if you uh, every but you, it depends on what how much data you have. Uh, and then uh, the cloud part, yes, it is. Suppose if you are using Dropbox, some of the secure ones, perhaps. Uh, but then again, there you can't get to more than 2 GB. Uh, on the cloud, then you've got Google Drive, you've got 15 GB. So all depending on the type of data you have, it all depends. But I would say if you have uh, some data which you find is 
you know should not can should not be allowed to go or or you know compromised in any manner then it is better that you take it on a separate hard drive you buy a extra you know hard drive and and, and put that data down uh, into that that would be much more safer but to put it simply on your computer's hard drive again i guess for hackers it is it is not a big deal if they want to hack into it and 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 if all depends on but the cloud may again be difficult because it is owned by some very very uh, good companies so as i said it all depends on what sort of a data you have what sort of a system you have and how much your system can take in terms of data or what sort of a service you have got on the cloud but the best i guess is you have a hard drive and in you know you got very very good hard drives you can you can carry that data that's much more safe you just back up the data and keep it safe with you that's you know it all depends on different people and different choices they want to have uh, my husband works for nokia so he has installed us very easy system so that every time when i go into our wifi with my phone it auto syncs all the and moves all the photos and videos to a separate hard drive and then all the material that i'm going to need for work and that i want to get touched to then that i save to google drive as well so i kind of kind of have double i yeah. think we're using an ns token and that's good It's 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 another um, it's a handy way to store data, but uh, you need to watch out because it it's it it's a net it's a storage unit that um, connects. It can be accessed through Wi-Fi, so it also can be hacked. Oh, I think my internet's gone out again. Now, yeah, now that's a good point that you brought up. Free, uh, free Wi-Fi is that is that bad? AJ, yeah. Heli, Yannick, um, do you, you stay? Do you, you, everything you do in public Wi-Fi um, is it can be recorded. I know. But I seldomly seldomly use. Maybe uh, sometimes have to for shortly short time on airports or something like that. But try to. What about a virtual private network? Is that will that help? No. If you're if you're serious about your privacy, just use um just just use your your data your police data. What about AJ? What's uh how do you feel about public Wi-Fi? I don't use it. Simply that. But then, but then I guess uh, in India it's very the uh, the connection phone phone uh, connections are very very cheap in terms of you know data as of now till now some years back it was stronger but now the uh, uh, but because there is a lot of competition right now so we got the data very cheap at the moment so I don't use public Wi-Fi never maybe if I'm in the office then office Wi-Fi but there also anything which is used by several people at the same time it is better to avoid that uh if it yes same with pricing here in finland that i think it's really low cost and all the telephone companies offer 
unlimited data because competition. Yes. I can see we got uh, Muhammad. Uh, yes. How are you? Thank you? Yeah, I'm fine. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you for inviting me up. Um, yeah, I was just listening to your conversation. Um, I think uh, was it Yannick and the other person could could deny. Yeah, who was saying mm-hmm. use use your mobile data instead of public. But what if you use VPN? Uh, you know the. Is it not secure enough to use it? Especially when I'm sitting on the coffee shop, um, let's say Starbucks or Costa in the UK. So I just, whenever I use public uh, Wi-Fi, I use my VPN. Um, it worked for me perfectly for the past couple of years. Yeah, yeah. that's that sounds like a good idea. Yeah, using a VPN is uh, is secure. But I would still recommend just using your data. You can also use your. If you really want to learn about it, there's a YouTuber. I think his name is Net- Network Chuck, and he uh, explained really well how uh, how your data can be uh, regarded when you use public Wi-Fi. He just said at Starbucks, and people just connected to his. Uh, just connect to his to, to his uh, network that he set up, and his network was set up to connect to Starbucks. So people just got internet, but everything they did got recorded. Aha. Uh-huh, okay. Yeah. Now I now I got you. Yes. So someone can fake make fake Wi-Fi and to appear it's Starbucks and you're not using Starbucks, you're using actually someone else's uh, Wi-Fi and collecting your data. Yeah. Yeah, okay, thanks. Yeah, uh, even though if you're, even if you're using a VPN, sometimes uh, when you want to connect to a network, they they ask you to, to fill in your email or uh, enter your phone number. So when a, uh, when a hacker sets up a private network that they in Starbucks, for example, they can collect your email or your phone number, and then they uh, then you can will get scam bills or scam calls from uh, people that, that try to, to to scam you. So I would recommend just use your data. It's, it's simple, and it's not that not that expensive. Now. With, uh, uh, like, you got DuckDuckGo and Tor browsers now. Um, they don't store what you're searching on uh, online. Uh, is anyone using a dark web browser, DuckDuckGo or Tor, or an Onion browser? Yeah, but it, it's slow. Because uh, you're, uh, you're, accessing, you're accessing a remote server, so when you request... Uh, to access the website, your request uh, goes, uh, goes uh, through a lot of servers. So, for example, you try to access uh, Google, but your browser first sends a request for it to, to Japan, then to China, then to uh, Germany, and then it goes to uh, to the website you want to access. So it, it, it's secure, but it delays. Uh, the time you can uh, you get you can access the web. 
See, I stopped using Google because they'll sell an, uh, all information about you, just bombarding people with advertising. So I, I moved to DuckDuckGo. Yeah, there's, there's sometimes I, just, uh, I still use phone, uh, but Chrome uses a lot of uh, a lot of uh, RAM storage. So yeah. I, I also use open source browsers. They're a lot lighter for your computer to use. Exactly. You're gonna say something, AJ? Just, just a thing like even it seems nowadays it's very difficult to run away from Google because your email is there, several things are there on your personal computer. You want to have that ease of access every time. You don't want to log in. So maybe I try maybe uh, this ghostry privacy ad blocker. So you, uh, if you can use it as an extension, maybe that works also. Uh, to some extent, obviously, as I said, we even if we use the best of things, you cannot be sure about 100 uh, percent, you know, secure about it. Then we mm -hmm. got, you, you know, even quick heal gets, gives an entry tracker. So this is what we can use for day to day protection on your day to day usage of your, uh, you know, uh, on, on your day to day Internet usage. Rest, I don't know. I'm not a tech guy as such, but. These are the best things I, do, I, 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 I think evoke. How to move away from Google I am uh, Google Chrome? I don't know as yet. If there are any suggestions on that. DuckDuckGo. That's what I'm using. Okay. Is it, is it, uh, but does it, does it log you out or every time, each time that you, you know, uh, shut down your computer? Uh, yeah, it doesn't store all your data and you can actually erase it forever, not like Google. Because even if you delete your search history from Google, they've still got it. Where DuckDuckGo get rid of it completely. But do you still use the Google's news engine? Uh, no. DuckDuckGo. Yeah, but uh, Google is... Uh, when you search something on, on DuckDuckGo... You still get the Google, right? You can, but DuckDuckGo's got their own version. Um. Okay. So, how is it, uh, Stephen, how is it different than using generally general Google Chrome? Uh, basically, uh, you you're not being bombarded with advertising on DuckDuckGo. Okay. Is number one. Uh, keywords. I don't. I don't. Don't have to worry about keywords like I do on Google. Okay. Uh, I still. I still use Google because it's um, yeah. part of my job. I help uh, companies rank on Google, so I still need to use uh, Google Chrome and stuff. But if you, if you. Um, care about not seeing ads, but you don't have to use DuckDuckGo. You can just install an ad blocker extension on your uh, Google Chrome browser and you, you won't get ads. True, but see, Google is selling all your information to third party advertisers. You know that? 
That's why I walked away from it. Because I was just fed up. Yeah, I wouldn't uh, really care about it. If you um, if you're worried about uh, people selling your data, I would uh, move away from Facebook. Google is not that, not that bad. You know, even if you try incognito browsers, it's still a pain in the backside. Yeah, actually, I don't know what is incognito about it because they can still track you. Are you serious? They can still track you on incognito mode? Yes, yes. yes incognito yes. is not a private mode. Incognito just means you're opening a, a browser uh, just the same when you uh, just installed Google Chrome. You're, you're installing a clean version without any extension, without any um, the password recognition. Just a clean browser. You're, you're not using a private browser. The meaning behind incognito is a bit, uh, it's not clear to a lot of people. It doesn't mean it's private. When you want, yeah. to, when you want, to, want to access the internet uh, private, you need to access, you need to use a VPN or a proxy server, but not incognito. Gotcha. But say like, um, yeah, there's so much, uh, info, like, uh, the internet now is just, I don't know. There's no privacy anymore. Yeah, I just have one question, Stephen. You, you mentioned yep. .go. Uh, how, yep. when, when you search anything, is it, uh, will you find everything you search, like Google, or is it similar? How does it work? Uh, similar to Google. So you search what you want, but they're not, not tracking you like Google. They're not selling your data. Yeah, maybe at the moment, but they might do later on when they grow bigger. Um, I think most of the companies, uh, in the beginning, they tell yeah. Yeah, people they're not selling their data to any third part. And then later on, you find out, oops, uh, they did it again. Um, yeah, so, yeah. And that so could be... DuckDuckGo is an open source browser, so you can access the code. Everyone can see what DuckDuckGo the browser is doing. Are you familiar with open source? With, sorry. Do you know what open source means? Open source? Yeah. DuckDuckGo is an open source browser. So you can you can even download the code that uh, uh, that DuckDuckGo is using. So you can just do you can see whatever the browser does with your data. Well, that's nice. Yeah, that's good. I, I was not familiar with that. Yeah, that's good. Same is for quite. But I think you're right, Mohammed. That could be something in the future, but I'd hope not. No, that DuckDuckGo would do that. DuckDuckGo is a company. It's just yeah. the name of a browser. It's an open source browser. It isn't a company. Yeah, gotcha. but I believe I believe nothing is for free. Anything that we use, even this platform, uh, I don't think it's free. It's just a free, just to call it free. But they're using your data as well, so uh, nothing comes free. <laughs> and even our time is not free, so they're using 
our time to be here. Um, the more we are here, we're growing the platform bigger. So that's part of the, uh, yeah, the plan behind it. Could be. I think you could be right, Mohammed. Nothing's free. There's no free lunch. Well, Google was Google also said the same thing. But as 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 you said, we can't have you know till the time uh, these these people come to the come to become another Google. It's best best to make you know make best use of it or whatever is possible, you know, and that will be sometime from now maybe that will. Be. Yeah, take what you can in the beginning is what I think. Yes, make hay as much <laughs> till the sun shines, you know. Yeah. But you see, like, um, you got all these uh, coding, right? People coding for Google. Uh, Yannick might know a bit more about this. What's involved to be a web developer for Google, Yannick? A lot of headache. <laughs> no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't work for Google. You wouldn't? No, we wouldn't like it. it Why is it? Yeah, I wouldn't like to work for a big, big tech company like that and just sit behind the desk all day. True. Uh, AJ, what, what do you do? Are you involved in tech? No, not at all. Very far away, far from it. Means I'm I'm basically a journalist. Uh, so now I, so I've spent several years in journalism now. So nice. now more into independent journalism and more of content creator. So I've got my podcast. So the last one year I'm trying to do something on that front, uh, write content for some companies also, and write independent content wherever possible. So most now, in the last one year, I've decided to become a full-fledged content creator, part of the you know creator economy now. That's amazing. Keep up with it. Yeah, so that that gives you a chance to you know have a bit because I'll tell you what, uh, in journalism also uh, I got trained to be a very uh, you know for for journalist, but. Then journalism, I, I guess, worldwide is changing shape. And in India, it is the same thing. Advertisers are gone. Publications are gone. Channels are gone. So you've got to have your own, you know, way of using your skills in content creation other, rather than waiting for others to come up. So I'm trying things on Substack also. So, you know, when... As long as I can build up a good revenue model. Are you on YouTube as well, AJ? Yes, yes, I am. I am. See, that's the logo. That the logo that I'm using on my uh, what do you call name. So that's the KJ Studio Podcast. So you can find me there. Now. How are you with search engine optimization on YouTube? I don't know much about it. So you see, I haven't got much traction on YouTube. I try to, I, I try, I'm trying to understand more about hashtags and all. And maybe, 
Me too. <laughs> yeah. So, search engine optimization, yes, I need to understand better till now. That's the algorithm's always uh, changing all the time. Uh, Muhammad, do you have any input into that too? What's that? Yeah, I have a YouTube channel, but uh, and it's a Somali speaking, so it's not English speaking, and the algorithm works there differently. So, but the hashtag is the way I use the hashtag is on the when I upload a video, uh, any content I upload, uh, I put on the description side. Uh, when you're describing what the content is about, then you can put two or three hashtags and just yeah for the for, on the topic, and I think that helps. But I'm not an expert in this field, so yeah. I, I hope to get more information from you since you had this yeah, title. Same here, same here, Mohammed. Uh, maybe Stephen, uh, you got you got some insight into this. Yeah, I sure do. I'll, I'll tell you about. Uh, SEO for YouTube, they want key words to rank you high in the algorithm, meaning, you know, description, tags, um, titling your videos, keeping to the content, keeping viewers engaged as well. The algorithm tracks to see how often your audience is coming to watch your videos too. So the, these algorithms are pretty much becoming like another human, I think. So, so you see, if you try and understand if all the changing stuff, tech at the all, all the time, then when do you create content? Because you see, <laughs> too much. If you start thinking too much on the changing algorithm, it's not a static thing. That once you have learned, it stays that way. So what's the what's the easy way out of it? Because a content creator can create content. He can push his content by using better hashtags, better headlines. I don't know how to use that. Use other tech stuff, you know, on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh, is that how much? Is that possible? We'll come back. Sorry, I'll come back in two minutes. Uh... Okay. Uh, what were we gonna say, Yannick? Uh, saying if I could ask, uh, answer the question. Yeah, go, go for it. Yeah, Stephen, I'm gonna help you out a bit here. Yeah. Um, AJ, uh, are you familiar with um, SEO optimization uh, extensions for Google Chrome? Do you use them? Yeah, I'm here. AJ, you there? Yes, I am. I, I am, but I need to also go, Stephen, because uh, yeah, got some work. So, but but I'll catch you, catch you again. When, how, when do I? How do I uh, continuously catch you on your shows? What time do you come normal? Because uh, I'm just seven, two, day, two days old on this green room. Yeah, seven p.m. Sydney, Australia time is when I'm going live. Right. If you follow me or if you go to my YouTube channel and subscribe, you can keep up to date and you can get notifications on the green room when I'm when I'm starting a show. Okay. Okay. Yeah, if you just follow, if you just follow um, you'll get an invite whenever the people Okay. Stephen. Okay, Stephen. Okay, okay, thank you very much. Have a good day. Cool. Have a good you day, Yannick.
But yeah, yeah, so Yannick, as, as we were saying about content strategies before. Yeah, I wish it's, it's uh, unfortunate indeed they have to, have to go, but I wish uh, I wanted to explain to them uh, the, uh, the, program, the, the program of Fieldbody. Yeah. So, yeah, if I, had, if I had the time to explain what the extension was, you could pop the affiliate link in the chat and you could... Uh, Finally made an affiliate sale. <laughs> <laughs> nah, look, yeah, thanks for coming on the podcast today. Yeah, no problem. It was a really good chat. Uh, you got to go? Yeah, no, no, okay. Uh, okay. So what what else is happening with you, Yannick? What are you What are you working on today? Um, today, not much. It's, uh, it's a quiet day today. Yeah. Probably shouldn't say that because now uh, we will get busy. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I'm just working on website. Uh, I had some free time, so I, uh, I'm pretty good. Nah, that's so cool. Ah, uh, Mohammed, you're back. Yes. Yeah, welcome back. For, uh, what? So, what do you do for your career, Mohammed? Yeah, I run a family business, so yeah, in the UK, so that's what I do, and most of the time I work from home, and that's what I've done the past four years, and when people went on lockdown and working from home, that was nothing too new to me, so I was used to it, yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I was thinking, uh, you guys have uh, probably um, uh, YouTube channels, since you are talking about YouTube content strategies. Um, yeah. What's the best strategy to go? Uh, yeah, to use when you are creating content for non-speaking, non-English speaking uh, people. Um, I don't know if you have experience. Maybe Yannick could. Maybe Yannick could answer that. that. Do you stop that of me on video? What's that? Yeah. Is my connection breaking up? No, I can hear you. Oh, okay. No, I was asking Mohammed if he, he uses subtitles on his video, because it's handy when people, uh, when you're making content for people that don't understand the language properly, they can just read along. Ah, uh, you mean to have subtitles on the videos? Yeah. Yeah, that could work. And do you do you recommend subtitles in English or only for which or the same language or how do you? Because some What's your audience? What's your target audience? What what which language do you speak? Uh, they speak Somali. You know, uh, I've seen a couple of YouTube channels where they have subtitles on the same language and some videos where they have uh, the language they speak on the video, they don't subtitle it, they subtitle it in English. So the English-speaking people can understand what the video is about. But my main target is for the Somali-speaking uh, uh, in Somalia or anywhere they are. So that's that's my focus. Um, the difficulty I see is since I'm using uh, the keywords in Somali, and I think probably some of them are using the keywords uh, when they're searching on the search engine, uh, like Google or YouTube. 
they use English keywords. So sometimes I mix uh, Somali language and English, both of them. That's what I use. Um, uh, the funny thing is, um, one of the videos I made is was early to 2021, and it was about Clubhouse. And I've realized the 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 search of Clubhouse, uh, yeah, uh, was high, and that gave one of my videos 14,000 views. Uh, and the other the other videos has um, average maybe five. Three three hundred views, so that's the average. Um, I'm I'm new on YouTube. Congratulations for that, Muhammad. Yeah, forty thousand viewers is amazing. That's impressive. Yeah, and I'm thinking maybe it's just because of the you know some some keywords are easy to search. Um, it's because when you know when. When Clubhouse was new, not new uh, in early 2021, it, not, not many people knew about Clubhouse. And that's when I saw the opportunity to just explain what Clubhouse is in my native language, uh, which I did. And that's what generated, uh, not generated, but that's what made the views go up on specific, specifically on that video. And the other videos has... Uh, average 300. Um, uh, most of the time I talk about business advices, strategies, uh, since I have uh, my own business that I run from home. So, yeah, just to give people uh, insight how it is to have uh, your own business running. And what business are you running from home, Muhammad? What do you do? Yeah, two things. One is um, cleaning company that I have here in no. the UK. Um, yeah, um, I have stuff. Uh, most of it is remotely. Um, the other thing is um, a business directory. Uh, as I mentioned a couple of times, I am Somali, born in Somalia, but raised in Norway and currently living in the UK. And yeah. I saw opportunity in the Somali community. They don't have a business directory. Um, that's when I saw the need of business directory and then I created a business directory called Wahele. Uh so yeah so you know I don't know if you guys are familiar with uh, Somalia um, early early ni- in, yeah, in the beginning of the 90s uh, it was a civil war in Somalia and many many fled to uh, to other countries uh, especially in the western countries mm. And um, when they settled down, they created, uh, they, yeah, they, they started their own businesses. And as you maybe, you guys have seen some Somali businesses in your neighborhood. Um, yeah, they start their businesses, but the problem is they don't know about uh, the, the, each other. So one problem is if I am Somali and I'm, and I go to, for example, in another city, to another city, uh, let's say uh, to another country, for example, to uh, Germany, Berlin. And I'm looking for a Somali restaurant. It's hard to find uh, the the restaurant I'm looking for, and unless I know someone uh, in the local area, and it's it's a lot of hassle to call around family and friends to ask them direction. So the need was there, and that's what I created uh, a business directory to make it easy for Somalis across the globe to find other Somali-owned businesses. That's that's number one, and the other one is a clinic company. So I do, yeah. You know, when you're sitting home and do uh, work from home, you have a lot of time in your hands. So uh, that's how I became creative and got started testing different 
businesses. Uh, when I see the need, I start quickly. Yeah, I suppose work from home is the best, Muhammad. You know, I, I work from home too. And I'm sure Yannick work, works from home. Do you work from home, Yannick? Yeah. Yeah, it's. it's I think it's becoming the new new future. Yeah, definitely. I don't think I don't think anyone wants to go back <laughs> to the offices. So, yeah. And why would you? Because you think you got to rent an office, and then you got to, you know, have insurance. It, it and it costs you money just to have a business. Why not have it at home? It's better. Yeah, I actually tried it, and I had um, office uh, for almost a year, and I was paying yep. around five hundred pounds. Uh, monthly, uh, including inclu- all inclusive, um, yeah, five hundred every month. And um, when I calculated, it was just loss of money, waste of money. So I could run my business from home and uh, still save that five hundred. Yeah, uh, what what was included in the rent, uh, Muhammad? Yeah, the electricity, everything included. So I didn't need to pay anything else because some offices when you're renting. You have to pay other other expenses separately, but this one was all inclusive, like uh, uh, yeah, the electricity and you know any anything that goes wrong. And some places they tell you uh, you renting the place and you have to pay electricity separately. And yeah, ju- they just tell you that to make extra money. So the best thing to do is when you're renting an office to have all inclusive. Exactly. Yeah, all the necessities. Hi guys. Hello. You guys are making strategies of making YouTube content, right? Yeah, and we're just having a chat about business as well. Where are you from? I'm from. I am. Sorry, I didn't. Where are you from? Where are you from? I can yeah. understand what you were saying. Can you hear me? Yeah, it's it's a very bad line. Hello? Yeah, so Muhammad... Uh, is anyone making money? Yeah, so Muhammad, as you were saying about um, uh, renting the office space, so you're renting it for about a year? Yeah, I was renting for about a year. Um, it was just lost of money, basically, because, you know, when you are, um, the, you know, when you have a cleaning company, it's different. Um, it's not a shop where people just pass in, uh, coming in and buy something and then just leave. So that that way you can get money if you are, if you have a shop. But when you have a, when you have a cleaning company, um, it's different. Um, it depends what type of cleaning company you have. Um, the one that I have is mostly done from home. Um, people can do booking online, and once they do the booking, and then I schedule a cleaner, and that's how I basically do. Um, there's no need of having an office where the cleaners come and go. So that's yeah, that's how I figured out uh, later on. Oh, good on you for that. No, 
that's that's amazing that you figured out a cheaper way. Are you able to get that rent money back on your taxes or not? Uh, that was, yeah, the rent uh, that was two years ago, but I have this business for yeah almost three four years now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. almost four years now. So it was the beginning, and as you know, when you are a startup, um, you fail and <laughs> not failing, <laughs> but you, you do you do some mistakes, and then you recover from your mistakes, and that's how you just grow. Um, yeah. By by doing mistakes, that's how you grow your business. Um, same as YouTube as well. In the beginning, I was doing some mistakes, uh, especially with the hashtag uh, that you and Yannick mentioned. Um, yeah, there's always something to learn. Um, as Yannick mentioned, I will try to do um, the subtitle uh, definitely on the next videos. And in, the important thing is to be um, uh, consistency is important. I've realized on YouTube as well. So you guys can say something about that. Yeah, consistency. The, the keywords of your videos. There is an extension called a TubeBuddy. Uh, uh, Stephen uh, could pop a link in, uh, in the chat. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, an affiliate from uh, TubeBuddy. It's yeah, I'll, I'll pop a link now. Yeah, it's a free um, extension that you can add to your Chrome, uh, Chrome browser. And uh, that way you can see um, if your videos that you're publishing are uh, search engine optimized. So you can... Uh, um, you can you can go to uh, YouTube videos from your competitors that are that, that are making similar content, and you can see which keyword they are using. So you can basically um, watch what uh, videos are doing great and which keywords they use. Yeah, that's the thing. Keywords are the new thing. That's a marketing strategy too, eh, Yannick? Yeah, it's just just what uh, just looking at what is and just copying it. Hmm. But see, when you when you got a small channel, it's more competitive for you to rank number one too on YouTube. But as you grow, it gets much easier. Yeah, I've recently downloaded the yeah uh, connected the tube body uh, mm. on my to my YouTube. Um, yeah, it's quite good, and I haven't used it uh, so much. Uh, um, it's easy to understand, but the thing is, uh, as I mentioned before, uh, the keywords are English keywords, so it depends on I don't know uh, if if it's possible to add other keywords um, to see if it catches. Uh, other language as well. It should be. You should be able to add keywords in uh, multiple languages. Yeah, uh, for sure. me it also works, and uh, for it works with that. So. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know about other languages, but it, it works for uh, for Dutch and English. That's what I know. The only two languages that I use. So. Yeah. How how long have you been doing the YouTube, uh, Stephen and Yannick? I've been on one year. I've got my uh, YouTube link in my bio if you'd like to have a look, Muhammad. It's music. And, uh, I, I don't have a personal YouTube channel, but I manage the YouTube channel uh, for a company. 
Okay, yeah. What about you, uh, Muhammad? How long have you been on uh, YouTube for? Not that long. Um, you know, the first time was just experiment. I uploaded a video um, almost two years ago. And that was just to see how YouTube was. Um, I didn't upload another video uh, until a year and a half almost uh, later on. You. So, And then I started this yeah the beginning of this year a uh, couple of videos so from there i just yeah kept doing it yeah just be consistent with it pick a day uh that you upload i i uh, upload on fridays um tell your fans or your subscribers videos out every friday it's just consistency yeah, I think, yeah, consistency is very important. Um, also the content, because, you know, sometimes what I've seen on some YouTubers, they just upload stuff without actually thinking about the quality. Um, they more exactly. focus on quantity. Um, that's what I'm worried about. Um, I don't upload unless I have a good quality and, uh, content. That's, that's what's holding me back sometimes, to not upload as much as I wish to. Here's a little uh, challenge for you. Try to publish one video a week. That could be a goal for you. Yeah, I will definitely try that. Thanks. Because that one vi and then you start putting your end screens in your t uh, cards, and then that starts promoting your older videos, and, you know, they like it, they'll watch it, and they'll come back, and, you know, they'll comment. Yeah, give it a go. Yeah, I will try that. Yeah, thanks. So once a week, even though it's yeah, I don't know. But what's the best co when you you know when you're creating a content? Some people yeah. say uh, the length of the video should be uh, so much, and you know some some say seven minutes, some say fifteen minutes, and some twenty minutes. But for me personally, if I see a video that's more than ten minutes, it's yeah, I don't click to watch. Uh, but no, if it's I, less than 10 minutes. Yeah, I don't blame you. Uh, if you can keep it to five minutes or even one minute and you're, you're short and you're to the point and you've added value, I'd rather, you know, watch a one-minute video where you've answered all my questions because you, you, you can have a problem if you do. I know from personal experience, if I've uploaded a 20-minute video, it can start waffling on a bit. So it's just uh, getting getting short and to the point, Muhammad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'll try that uh, because most of my videos are around seven minutes, maximum eight, I think, so, if I remember correctly. But I'm planning to do something, yeah, to do some change and upload up about three, maximum three to four minutes to see if there's any change there. Because people's attention span is very short now for some reason. I know mine is too. Like you see a, um, you can see a, a two, three minute video just go viral on YouTube. So that's what people are watching now. If you're trying to, uh, if you're making, uh, planning on making videos to three minutes long, you can also try to publish them on uh, TikTok, for example. 
maybe you can get mm. Could you repeat that, Yannick? You're breaking up. Yeah, I said if you're making uh, YouTube videos uh, from uh, for two, uh, three minutes long, you yeah. can try to publish them on TikTok. TikTok yeah. TikTok added an update so you can now publish videos up to three minutes long. So maybe you could try that and get some audience from uh, TikTok to, the, to your YouTube channel. Yeah, that, that's a good strategy too. So, Muhammad, uh, what what inspired you to become the uh, entrepreneur? Oh, yeah, that's an interesting question. Uh, I always had that in me. Um, you know, when you think, I always think about new stuff, creative. Um, my creativity was extremely high and that's when I start figuring out to um, start my own businesses and you know when you um, work for someone you get tired of it uh, eventually and mm. it depends how long can you work for someone and that's when you have to figure out if that's what you want to do and some people uh, I'm not saying everyone should uh, become an entrepreneur but some people uh, have if you have the entrepreneur skills, then go for it. If not, mm. uh, keep working up until you... And it depends. As long as you're happy with what you're doing, uh, that should be the, the important thing to do. So, yeah. And I figured out from young age that I have to start my own businesses, and that's what I always wanted. But when you are young, you can't do it. You have to get the experience and work your way up. Um, yeah, that's, that's basically it. Um, there's no right time to do, uh, to start a business. It's just, you have to have the, the knowledge. Mm. Oh yeah, and it's a lot of trial and error, because I've just, uh, I think I, I've completed my first year as an entrepreneur, and yeah, it's a lot of, you learn the hard way, I think, in the, in the beginning. You know, so many people, they glamorize, or how do I say, <laughs> by the way, English is not my first language, so if I speak some mistakes, so pardon me, and sorry for that. But, yeah, um, you know, some people, they gl uh, they glamorize the entrepreneurship and those kind of things. Um, that's one thing I've seen, especially on social media. It's nothing glamorous about uh, being entrepreneur. It's uh, hard work, 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 work. That's what they do. Um, you have to be, yeah. You have to, you have to have a discipline. You have to wake up and do what you have to do. Um, there's no room for mistakes. If you, it depends on what type of uh, uh, what type of field you are in. Um, yeah, it's it's long nights working, more work and less sleep, uh, kind of. It's not, uh, but on the social media, you see people glamorizing uh, being entrepreneurship. You have a lot of free time. But the thing is, if you free up your time to be lazy and to do party and to do other things uh, that's not profiting your business, then you're just wasting your time. Um, that's that's the image they're portraying as being entrepreneurship. Mm. How many hours a day are you uh, working at the moment? Uh, honestly, not not much as before, but because now everything is kind of autopilot, if I can say that. 
but I always trying to um, if I have a if I free up my time I start thinking about a next project uh, different small projects um, collaboration with other other people and that's that's when I figure out that I have more time for YouTube and also a podcast that I recently started. So, oh, good on yeah. you. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks, bro. Nah, it's, uh, you know, like, it's like, uh, I think me and Yannick before in a couple of episodes were talking about that passive income. It's a lot of, lot of hard work in the beginning to be able to make money work for you. That's, that's the goal as the entrepreneur. Yeah, that's it. That, that it. That's it. Um, yeah, but you have to be. Um, you have to use your time wisely. That's one thing. And the other thing is, uh, if you if you have if you have more time to do other stuff, you can figure out. You can test your limits. Um, for, for example, me, I I was I personally never thought about starting a podcast. Um, that's something I did uh, um, two months, a month, two months ago. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think that it depends on what your interest is. Um, I never thought about doing a podcast until two months ago, and the reason is because I had, as I mentioned before, I had more time uh, in my hands, and I was figuring out what can I do with the time instead of just lazying and. Yeah, not doing anything, and instead of watching Netflix and those kind of things, and that's when I mm. figured out maybe I could just try podcast and see how how it goes. So yeah, but well, it's not easy to do podcast as well. <laughs> but if nah. I can compare, if I can compare uh, the YouTube, um, yeah, being a YouTuber, I don't know if I can say I'm a YouTuber. I'm not a YouTuber yet until, yeah, uh, I don't know. People say YouTuber, uh, yeah. If I can compare YouTube and podcast, I think podcast is much easier because the content is is much uh, easier to figure out. For example, for me, when I do the podcast, it's just basically interview. When I'm interviewing people, then I try to ask the right question, and when I get the answer, and then um, the editing is not difficult. But on YouTube, mm. you have to think about the lighting, lightning. The audio. Mm. There's so many things you have to think about, and um, the editing part on the YouTube is also not easy. No, I mean each each to their own. Like uh, I'm a very creative person. Like I'm I'm I quite enjoy YouTube. It was just like you know the marketing side for me has been a struggle with the keywords, and um, you know that's always been my weakness. I mean everyone has their strengths and weaknesses too, Muhammad. Yeah, and what do you do, Stephen? Uh, music. Uh, of, I'm a composer, uh, YouTuber. Um, create more creative uh, arts. I'm looking to teach uh, clarinet, you know, guitar, music theory for students as well. So I've got a production company that I started in 2020. Ah, uh-huh, that's interesting. And you know, yeah, since you're in the music industry field, uh, let's say if I'm using uh, YouTube or our podcast on Spotify, uh, if I use any instrumental or 
music on the background, uh, just to have on the background. Uh, how are the rules and the copyrights about that? Yeah, you got to use uh, royalty-free music from YouTube. Uh, YouTube's very uh, fussy with copyright. Now, I remember in the early days of YouTube, pe- people could just even upload them playing a cover song to the recording and it would go viral, but now they've, they've changed a lot. They want people to be more original. So use royalty-free music, or if you if you create it yourself, that's even better. Yeah, I don't think it's easy to create a music, but yeah, maybe for you. <laughs> it's a YouTube audio library. Okay, they have a background music that I can use. Yeah, you can download it. They might say, oh, we want you to reference the artist, but at least... You know, you won't get <clears throat> you won't get copyright notices. YouTube doesn't like that when you get that on your channel. They've actually done it to me. I published a music video. I composed my own music, and they flagged it as copyright. And yet, I wrote it. Uh, okay. Did you say you got in trouble uh, uploading your own music? Yeah. Uh, I. I, I uh, uploaded a music video to my YouTube channel, so I had my own music in it, and YouTube flagged it as copyright. And uh, IGTV from Instagram done it to me a couple of times, so I had to send an appeal to them. Okay, was it maybe because it was similar to another another artist or another? Yeah, another, another, another music. Nah, it was, uh, it was because, uh, it was distributed by my, uh, distributor. That's why. Okay. This sort of stuff can happen too. Yeah, guys, uh, I actually have to go. Yeah. Uh, follow Mohammed, so we can talk at a later date. And uh, Stephen, I, I think I uh, will, will be back online tomorrow, or maybe late, later this day. But, yeah, uh, come back t- tomorrow, 7 p.m. Sydney, Australia time. I'll, I'll be going live again as well. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about uh, about, about your, uh, your website and uh, about getting it up and running. Yeah, and invite uh, any of your followers too. Yeah, I'll do that before I leave. Yeah, I followed you, Nick. Yeah, um, yeah, it was interesting to talk to you guys. Um, yeah, it was my first or second time I on stage <laughs> on green green room. So I'm more. Good on you. Um, yeah. Are you moving away from Clubhouse, Mohammed, or are you going to stay in Clubhouse? No, I'm. Bo- I have both. Uh, <laughs> how can I say? I'm on Clubhouse and also on Green Room. And the reason, main reason for Green Room, uh, was to record uh, my podcast. And I nice. have reason just to to record the podcast interview uh, that I do uh, on Green Room, and then. Yeah, and then I start recently visiting other rooms to see what's going on. That's why I popped in to your room, 
now. No, um, thank you. He said YouTube content strategies, and it was an interesting title. So I just, yeah, came by. Yeah, because I'm recording a podcast as well. But yeah, thanks for coming on coming on my show. Yeah. Is this recording for your podcast or is it, how is it? I'm recording it for my podcast. Ah, uh-huh, okay. No, hey but now. It was nice uh, meeting you, Mohamed. Bye. Yeah, nice meeting you, Yannick. Yeah, see, Yannick. Yeah, no, I really thank you for coming in. Yeah, it's it's all about um, going to the right places. Um, you know, when you see, I think most people they are going to the rooms where they have uh, the if the title interests them. And the title mm-hmm. was interesting: YouTube content strategies. Um, that's one of the reasons I came uh, to this room. And I think if you are starting, uh, if you have your own show, I think it's called is it called the Stephen Shells? radio show yeah the Stephen Shields radio show that's my podcast well, your podcast do you edit after you do the, the content I see that yeah you're I, one hour and 42 minutes do you edit or how do you do yeah I will that? I I put uh, I got my intro and outro music as well uh, at, at the I'll give you a tip for podcasting at the end of, end of your show uh, you can ask people to subscribe uh, share it or leave a review on Apple Podcasts as well. And then I put the outro music and, yeah, that's the show. What's mainly, what do you have, uh, what's the main topic you talk about on your radio show? Because, you know, the one I I started, recently started, it's called Subah uh, Wanaxdam, which is in, if I yeah, translate in English, Good Morning. Um uh, it's called Subahwan Action Somali Breakfast Club. It's yeah. Um, my main topics are to inspire the youth, the Somali-speaking youth across the globe. Um, whether it's um, whatever they want to do, that they can do. And I invite people who, um, yeah, who are who they who can inspire them. It could be politicians, well-known politicians, entrepreneurs, business owners, and so on. So that's the aim of the um, of my podcast, and I was just thinking, uh, your your podcast is it is it a specific uh, target you are targeting? Not uh, targeting anyone. Um, I make my podcast broad, so I'll interview politicians. I've I've had politicians on my show, uh, meditation teachers. I talk yoga, history. Uh, what we're talking now, music. This is a very, very broad show. I try to bring inspiration and make it educational too. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, it's also good to have a broad uh, show where you can invite yeah. um, any anyone that you would like to. And also the the good it, it has the good and the bad thing by uh, targeting a specific group. For instance, me when I talk about inspiration, those kind of things, uh, it kind of limits you to talk about other things. Like for example, you said yoga and so and so. Yeah, it depends on how you see it. But yeah, it's interesting field to see the podcasting. It's new to me, so I'm just looking forward to see how. 
Nah, I, I love it. It's good for social skills as well because being an entrepreneur can be a very lonely life as well. Um, yes, it is. You got family? Yes, I do. Um, you know, the, the yeah, yeah um, that's when I do my podcast uh, when when everything is quiet. That's when I do um, as soon as the children come from school and the nursery. It's difficult because it's too much noise in the background. Um, that's yeah. why I have to schedule uh, on the right time when I have the whole house for myself, uh, quiet. Um, that's that's something important to do when you are doing podcast because you have on YouTube it's dif- different because you can record it uh, and you are the only person who are recording. So when you are interviewing someone, you have to schedule uh, on the right time. And if you have a lot of noise in the background, it's kind of difficult also. So it's yeah. just a learning process. Everything is just a learning curve for me, I see. So I'm learning podcasting and YouTube at the same time. Oh, you get better. The more you do, the better you get, you know. It's like anything practice makes perfect. Yeah. And you know the, the the other thing is I've seen with the podcasting, uh, especially interviewing people. Uh, I don't know if you also have realized the same thing. Uh, when you're inviting people, um, it's time consuming consuming to um, to look for someone to interview. And once you find yeah. the right person uh, to get them on the show, that's also something. It is. That's just a numbers game, Muhammad. Um, you know, if you're gonna, you, if you, I, I know this from experience. If I, if I'm going to try and interview a higher celebrity like Brad Pitt, the chances are they're gonna say no because I'm just a small channel. But uh, you know, get out of your comfort zone and con, you know, contact people. That's my, that's my advice. Basically. Well, sorry, I was interrupted by a phone. I couldn't hear the last bit you said. Ah, so, you know, contact um, as many people as you can. Um, Don't be afraid of rejection, too, if they say no. But, um, you know, when you have a guest and, you know, the conversation flows, it's, it's rewarding. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, the the thing is, uh, I'm not afraid about the rejection when I invite uh, guests to my podcast. Uh, it's just the time consuming. You know, when you are looking for the right person to interview uh, and to invite to the mm. podcast. And then once you find the right person and then you have to figure out if they fit. And yeah, I find it time yeah difficult to, um, to actually invite the right people to uh, yeah, I suppose that'll come with time, Muhammad. You'll start to find people who who will fit, and I think if you if you get along with them as well, the the conversation flows. Like me and you, we're just talking. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. You know, the thing is, um, yeah, uh, because I'm new to the podcasting, um, I've yeah. realised when you when you when you send an invitation to someone. Uh, you have to explain your podcast and so on, and especially when you are a beginner, uh, they yeah they don't yeah 
they don't give you the credit, uh, if I may say, mm. because if my podcast was big, uh, really big, then they would have known about the podcast. But the fact that you are a beginner uh, and they haven't heard about you before, it's you have to basically convince them to come uh, to your podcast, kind of. And that's yeah. the one. That's the thing that I mean with time consum- consuming. Um, it's not it's not hard it's not difficult but it it just takes time to convince the right people to come to your show and it's also about building relationships with uh, people too with your guests yeah you know like a client if you if you have a client i mean i don't uh, you could have some clients it might take 2 years before they buy from you but um if you if you build relationships and you build trust you know you 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 get there yes uh, Stephen it was nice talking to you and I will definitely follow you and listen to your podcast and learn some your some of your skills uh, as I am a new podcaster and a new YouTuber so thanks Stephen for the advice you you're welcome, Muhammad. Thanks for coming. Cheers. Take care. All right. It's there. You too. Bye.